have to see him Cause we all know that he's there I'll sing to you a while Hear it in the mountains echo In the ocean's roar See it in the rolling clouds above Even though it's all been said Ten thousand times before we know Hashem's the world, Hashem we love In the darkness, when I'm frightened Is He standing at my door? Does He watch me in my bed? We don't have to say it Cause it's all been said before I'll sing to you instead Hear it in the mountains echo In the ocean's roar See it in the rolling clouds above Even though it's all been said Ten thousand times before We know Hashem's the world Hashem we love Now the sun knows when to shine And the birds all take to wing The earth breaks out in melody All the sleeping bears begin to wake up when it's spring Why don't you sing with me? Hear it in the mountains echo in the ocean's roar See it in the rolling clouds above Even though it's all been said ten thousand times before We know Hashem's the world, Hashem we love Hear it in the mountains echo in the ocean's roar See it in the rolling clouds above Oh, even though it's all been said ten thousand Even though it's all been said ten thousand times before We know Hashem's the world, Hashem we love Hashem's the world show on the True Talk Radio Network. Call 1-877-669-1292. And I'm Howie Silberger, the host of the Howie Silberger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. Thank you so much for joining me. I am uh, pleased to be here. Uh, We were supposed to be on last night, on Sunday night, but uh, unfortunately, uh, we had a problem with the internet here in the studios. We we were doing an internet upgrade, and uh, this is what happens sometimes uh, when you do internet upgrades. They don't work. Uh, We're still having a bit of issues with the internet, but but the internet is good enough for us to come onto the air tonight and to be with you right here on the True Talk Radio Network. So thank you so much for, uh, for being here, and thank you so much for joining me. 
Uh, number to call. We want to get on the conversation. Number to call, one 669 1292 That's one 669 1292 That's the number to call to get in on the conversation here on the Howie Silberger Show. We are live, and um, we'll be going on for a little while. Uh, we're going to be live for a while, so um, feel free to join in and uh, and be part of the program. It's always nice to hear from you, always nice to talk to you, and the lines are always open during the Howie Silberger Show. So there's a lot going on, and uh, we got we got to talk about a lot of different things. And uh, one of the things that uh, that uh, we gotta we gotta we gotta talk about we just gotta we just gotta talk about it is the um, is the problem happening in the United States of America right now. The uh, the race problem. I know we spoke about this before. This is not the first time I've broached the issue on the show, and it won't be the last, I'm sure. And uh, we, we got to talk about this because it is, a, it is a hot issue. It is something that's happening right now. And it's something that, that, that is kind of scary. When, when you think about it, it is kind of scary. The issue in the States happening right now, the riots, the, the, the protests, the, the outrage, is twofold. For some, and I think some people are really sincere about this, for some people, the protests and the rage is over a perceived injustice that they feel has happened to the black community in the States. And the sincerity of the people who are uh, protesting, peacefully protesting, the, the injustices happening uh, within uh, the black community, to the black community, are commendable. I mean, I, I commend anybody who goes out and stands up for injustice. I commend anybody who goes out and, and puts themselves on the line, puts themselves on the front line, and demands equality for everyone, or at least equity. Never demand equality. Always, always demand equity. No one's equal. We can't all be equals. But we could be equitable. We could all have the same privilege. We could all have the same... Uh, we could all have the same... Uh, the, the, same, the same rights, we could all have the same desires, we could all have the same opportunities. So equity is, uh, is what we should be looking for, not equality. So anybody using the term equality, we, sh- we should really clarify our terms and actually say what we mean. I don't believe in equality for everyone. There will always be people who are less equal than other people. There will always be people who are more equal than other people. Uh, when we look at uh, different communities and we look at, uh, we look at communal structures... Uh, we, we know that people with more money are treated differently than people with less money. We know that honors are given out and leadership positions are given out not by people who work hard and people who earn these honors and these uh, leadership commissions. For instance, uh, this show and me will never get a write-up in any newspaper. This show and me will never uh, get commended for doing the show by anybody. Uh, we know this, and we continue to do this show. Uh, the people who come onto the show are very well aware of the uh, of the status of the show, we 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 tend to um, we tend to question uh, orthodoxy. We tend to question the um, the community and community leadership. We we tend to do that, and by doing that and challenging the leadership of the community, and we've been doing this for almost thirty years, challenging the leadership of the community. We know, I know, Sheldon knows, Mark knows, everybody else associated with the show knows that we will never be embraced by the community, nor will we ever be loved by the community, and we'll never be the community darling, and we'll never get a plaque on the wall. And I'm perfectly fine with that. 
Uh, I have no issues with that. If I had $5 million behind me, I was willing to give $1 million to some communal organization, then there would be uh, honorary dinners for me and, um, and, and plaques everywhere and buildings named after me. I'm not interested in that. I never was interested in that. I never will be interested in that. We do the show because we try to forward the truth. And sometimes, most of the time, when you speak the truth and when you tell the truth, people tend to get upset. People tend to not respect the work that you do. So I want to talk about the truth of the, of the protests, the truth of what's going on in the States. Uh, this has been, I've, I've been scared for weeks and weeks and weeks already just for telling the truth. This is something that's happened for, for multiple weeks. Uh, every time I speak the truth, every time I post the truth on Facebook or on Instagram or on Twitter, uh, every time I say anything that, uh, that, that resembles the truth, uh, people tend to attack me, and I'm good with that too. It's all part of the game. It's all part of the, uh, it's all part of the political structure. Uh, people consider me a peon, and that's fine. Uh, my, uh, you see, you see this, is, this is where the funny part is, because my, my multiple academic degrees... Uh, I have I have a few of them from very, from university. Uh, don't count because uh, because I'm I'm conservative. If I was a lefty, I'd be a I would be an intellectual elite. But because I'm a conservative, they don't really count. Nobody cares how educated I am uh, because they disagree with my political point of view. But that's fine. Okay, whatever. Uh, we'll get off me. I don't want to talk about me. Let's let's move on. So let's talk about what's going on in the states. Let's talk about what uh, what the actual motivation behind most of the protests in the states are. So when we look at the numbers, the statistics, the statistics tell a totally different story than this radical, crazy, racist organization Black Lives Matter tells. So the, the, this, this organization Black Lives Matter, and we'll get to them in a couple of minutes, uh, they, they, they say that there's systemic racism in the, in the, in the police community. Uh, this is one of the narratives that they're, they're pushing, quite a few narratives at the same time. But one of the narratives they're pushing is that there's systemic racism in the in the police community, and that uh, black people are being killed at a disproportional rate, and the police are, are, are targeting black people to kill them. This is, this is the uh, narrative. And this has been a narrative that's been sold to us through, uh, through mainstream media organizations like CNN, the, uh, the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times. They've been selling this narrative. But when you look at the actual statistics, you realize that the systemic racism that they're talking about isn't really all that systemic at all. Uh, if you take a look at 2019, uh, unarmed black people killed by the police numbered nine in the entire year across the entire United States. Now, this is not a statistic I made up. This is not a statistic I pulled from some conservative right-wing crazy radical uh, website. This is a statistic that was uh, carefully, carefully looked at, and I checked the statistic. I did the count myself uh, through the Wall Street, uh, the, um, the Washington Post, sorry, the Washington Post. Kept, has been keeping a database of police shootings since 2015. All police shootings, right across the country. And the database is open to the public, and you could go to the Washington Post and find the database, and you could do the numbers yourself. And if you take a look at the numbers that the, that the Washington Post, and you cannot accuse the Washington Post, nobody could accuse the Washington Post of being a right-wing organization or a right-wing newspaper. They have never been a right-wing newspaper. They've always been a liberal newspaper. Now they're owned by Jeff Bezos, one of the darlings of the Democratic Party. 
so they're definitely not a, uh, a right-wing friendly paper. But looking at their statistics, and Dion and I, I could only assume that the statistics that they're keeping are, uh, are accurate. I don't have, the, I don't have the, um, the access to the materials that they have when conducting these, when keeping these statistics. But looking at their statistics, and I went through every single one of them. There were about you know, eight, 9,000 police shootings in 2019. And I went through each and every one of them. I spent hours uh, just reading everything that, that was written on all of these. There were nine cases of police shooting unarmed black people. And in those nine cases, by the way, there were, there were plenty of cases of police shooting unarmed white people that nobody seems to care about. And there were plenty of cases of police shooting armed black people or black people who were, uh, who were threatening police officers or threatening other people or th- threatening public safety. Uh, plenty of cases of that and plenty of cases of white people being shot, probably equal amount of white people being shot as black people being shot in police shootings. Uh, but nine black people, and I, I didn't do the count of how many unarmed white people were, uh, were shot, but nine black people were shot uh, in ni- 2019 by the police. In each of those cases, with the exception of one, the police officers were held accountable for the shootings. Uh, in most ca- I think in, uh, in 90% of the cases, they were put up on trial. The results of the trial aren't listed on the website, and I didn't look them up, but uh, in the res- 90%... Of the uh, of the ninety percent of the nine shootings, were uh, were were prosecuted. Now, if you consider the millions of interactions the black community and every community has with the police, and you take a look at the sum of nine for the entire year, nine shootings of unarmed people for the entire year, it's hardly systemic that police are shooting unarmed black people. It's, it's not systemic at all. Nine people in one year is not a systemic problem. Now, is it a racist problem? Well, that's a good question. Is it a racist problem? It's possible. Uh, once again, I, I can't make that call. And I, I've said this, I said this before, and I'm going to say it again. We can't make the call that there is a systemic problem with police in a certain community without knowing the statistics. And nobody has come up with the statistics, which is shocking in, in this discussion. So, statistically, we have to know, the, there, there are a couple of elements of statistics that we must know before we can make an informed decision on whether this is a systemic problem, a racist problem, a procedural problem. This is, this is there, are, there are factors that have to be known. So, one factor is that you have to know what the crime rates in different communities are. Uh, the reason you have to know what the crime rates of different communities are is quite simple. Uh, if the police are spending a particularly longer time in a certain community because the crime rate is higher in that community, then we cannot, uh, we cannot say that the police are, are, are picking on that community. That's not true. That would, be a, that would not be a, a, a valid argument. It would be an invalid argument because the police are there because there's a lot of crime there. So if there were less crime in the community, the police wouldn't be in that community. Now, the longer the police stay in a certain community, the more interaction the police has with that community, which would mean that the, the more interaction the police have with the community, the more, the more chance that the police would, uh, would, would end up shooting somebody or, or end up in some kind of physical altercation within that community. The longer you stay somewhere, the more chance you have of getting into trouble in the place you're in. Um, 
Now, let's talk about that. Um, now, now that, that's one factor. So what is the crime rate? Second factor is, uh, is what proportion of time do police spend in different communities, and why do they spend that proportion of time in each community? This is something we have to know. And the third thing we have to know is what is the, uh, what is the racial element of the police departments that we're talking about? So are, do, these, do these departments have more minorities, less minorities? Are, are, they, uh, are, are they integrated police departments? Are they solely white police departments? Some police departments are majority black. What is the racial element of the police department? Not that race really matters in this discussion, because it probably doesn't. I, I believe that the, uh, that the entire idea of, uh, of this race war that, is, that has started right now is, is a pretext. But I'll get to that in a couple of minutes. Um, right now, these are the questions I would ask if I was going to make a statistical analysis of is there systemic racism within a certain organization. So how long do they stay in the communities? Why are they there? What is the crime rate of the community? Uh, what is the racial balance and the racial makeup of the, of, the, um, of the police department, of the department that is, uh, that is, uh, that is patrolling this, this, this element, this, uh, this, this community? So these are the things I would have to know before I would be able to make a, 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 a judgment on whether this is systemic or whether this is... Uh, or what is it's just a, something that happens because they are there, um, they are there more proportionally than other places. So let's talk about. Um, I just got a comment that says the death count is not the main issue. The arrest rate, convictions, incarcerations, the daily racial profiling, economic exclusion, poor school systems, access to healthcare. Okay, so now we're we're talking about a whole lot of other issues. So this was a, this was a comment put up on Facebook, and, and so that means we're talking about a whole lot of other issues. But that's not the issues that Black and White Matters are bringing up. Nobody's talking about the issues of, uh, uh, of the arrest rate. Nobody's talking about convictions or incarcerations or daily racial profiling. Nobody's talking about economic exclusion, poor school systems. They're talking about police shootings. They're talking about police shootings and systemic racism in the police department. This is what we're hearing. This is what they're talking about. This is what they're rioting about. Or are they? Uh, I'll get to my theory in a couple of minutes. But this is, this is what we have to believe that they're rioting about. This is what we're told that they're writing about. So, but I want to address these. Let's, let's, let's take a look at the one, one by one. Let's take a look at these one by one. Because it's a good point, and let's, let's, let's talk about it. So, and, and I invite you to join in the conversation. I, it's not a monologue here. So you can feel free to call in. If you agree with me, disagree with me, whatever, feel free to call in. Number to call, one 669 1292 that's one eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. If you're watching on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube, you could um, the number scrolls across the bottom of the screen. You can see it there. If you're listening on the True Talk Radio Network app or uh, on any of the services that carry the show, uh, feel free to call in one eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. So let's uh, so death, the death count is not the main issue. The arrest rate. Once again, we can't talk about arrest rate unless we know what the crime rate is in certain areas. Because people tend to live in ghettos, they tend to ghettoize. Uh, you have your Jewish ghetto, you have your Irish ghetto, you have your black ghetto, you have your... Uh, they, everyone tends to live in ghettos, in North America at least. Uh, because that happens, we have to know what the crime rates in each area are. Once we understand the crime rates in each area, then we could talk about arrest rates, uh, convictions, and incarcerations. What are the crimes being convicted? What are the crimes being incarcerated? 
Uh, I've heard I've heard people argue just in the last couple of weeks. I've heard people argue that the incarceration rate. In fact, uh, I had somebody on a political hitman just last week or two weeks ago who argued that the incarceration rate of um, uh, of blacks was uh, so high because this was the way that the United States used um, they they created a prison system to replace slavery, and he had some theory about uh, about manufacturing and and the fact that the black people. Uh, were in prison. They were, there were a disproportionate amount of black people in prison. Therefore, they're being used for slave labor. Uh, I don't. I don't particularly subscribe to that point of view. Um, I understand what he's trying to say, but I don't particularly subscribe to this. This is not something that uh, that makes uh, logical sense to me. No. Uh, so I, I believe in statistics. I think we should look at the statistical analysis and and figure this out statistically. And if there is a problem. If statistically there is a problem, the problem should be dealt with. Don't get me wrong. I'm not here to support racism. I'm I'm here to I'm here, I'm here to find the truth. This is this is what I do. This is why I uh, I do these shows. I don't these. I'm not I'm not here to promote racism. I've been called alt right. I've been called all sorts of stuff, but it's all BS. If there is a systemic problem with racism in society. It must be dealt with, and the way to deal with it is through education. Period. Education is the only way to solve a systemic problem of racism. There is no other way to do it. Teach your children not to hate, and your children will not hate. No baby is born with a preconceived notion of what the world is or what the people in the world are. And if you teach that baby to be open-minded, you teach that baby to be accepting, you teach that baby to, to love your fellow man, then you've solved the racism problem, period. There is no racism if you teach a generation of people not to be racist. So, uh, you know, when people tell me, oh, being anti-racist is not enough. No, you have to be proactive, you're right. And being proactive means that you're raising the next generation of children to not believe in hatred, to not... To not uh, to not push some kind of ideology that would promote hatred of other people. 100% right. And, um, the, and so that, that's really what the goal should be. That's really, what, that's really what we should be working towards. Now I have to apologize to the people watching on, uh, on YouTube and Twitter and Facebook that uh, there's, a, there's a little bit of freezing going on on the show. Uh, the reason for that, as I said, we've... Uh, We've been experiencing a, a little bit of internet problems. Uh, our internet upgrade didn't go as smoothly as it should have. Hopefully in the next couple of days it will be solved. But uh, you know, right now we're going to have to live with, uh, with a little bit of freezing here and there. So I apologize for that. one 669 1292 is the number to call. one 669 1292 to get in on the conversation. Uh, all right, so uh, economic exclusion is, is baloney. There is no economic exclusion. Period. None. Everybody has the same, the same opportunity to be advanced in society as anybody else. If you're going to tell me that there's economic exclusion, that somehow this, the economic system is, is, uh, is biased against anybody, I, I, w- I, would, I would agree with you to a certain extent. 
But the bias isn't against skin color. The bias isn't against uh, ethnicity. The bias is against uh, the bias is against poor people. Uh, I'm not a particularly rich man, and uh, I don't have the same economic opportunities as somebody who is uh, who is a lot more wealthy than I am. I don't, and I never will. I will never be the CEO of a major corporation. I will never be the uh, I will never be the, the, the richest man in the room. And I will never get the honor of being the richest person in the community. That's never going to happen. And I say honor very sarcastically, by the way. So that's not going to happen. Nobody's going to put my name on a building. That's for sure. <coughs> but at the same time, at the same time, uh, I might be. At my age, it's kind of doubtful. I mean, I, I, I could get lucky. But uh, if if things would have gone differently, if I would have worked in a different field, if I would have, uh, if I would have worked uh, harder, if I would have, um, if I would made different choices in my life, I, it is potentially possible that I could have risen to the highest echelons of politics or the highest echelons of business. That's uh, that's purely, purely based. My, my failure to do that is based on the choices in life I have made and solely on the choices that I have made. I am in full control of my destiny, as is any other person living in North America. They are in full control of their destiny. White, black, blue, green, yellow, purple. Full control of your destiny. This is a capitalistic society. This is a society of dog-eat-dog. Do we start off on the bottom? We do. There are plenty of guys who started off really poor and made themselves really rich. There are plenty of guys who started off with zero power and rose to the president of the United States. The last president of the United States was a black man. That should tell you something about economic, uh, economic exclusion. He's a millionaire black man. He was the last president of the United States. We are not talking about a racist. There's no systemic racism. Black people, white people, and every other person could get as far as they as they can by working hard and being lucky. I haven't been that lucky. I'm uh, I'm on the bottom of the rung. Other people have been much more lucky than I have. They're on the top of the rung. It's simply the way it works. Excuse me, it's a little dry in here. <clears throat> uh, so. Let me let me move on to the next point he made. Poor school systems. Yes, there are poor school systems. The public school system in the states and in Canada sucks. School systems suck. We have dumbed down education to a point where people are stupid. Period. Generation of people have been raised stupid. I have been watching and listening and reading. And, and arguing with people who are not overly intelligent. Now, I know every generation says the next generation isn't as smart as the generation before it. I know that's a, that's a common thing. It's a common, uh, it's a common idea. But the, but the truth is that I, I respect smart people. I respect people who are well-read. I respect people who, who understand, who do a little bit of research, who understand history a little bit. I, I respect that. But when I see people ripping down statues, and we'll get to statues in a minute too, but when I see people ripping down statues of the men who emancipated the blacks, 
people who signed the Emancipation Proclamation, people who, who, were, who were in Congress and in the Senate who, who passed legislation stopping slavery and they're ripping down the statues, it kind of makes me go, what? Education should be taught much better. There should be a much better education system. It, it should be worked out a lot better than it is now. Teachers should be better trained. The, uh, the, the curriculum should be, uh, should be a higher standard. In both public schools and private schools, we spend way too much money on, on military and way too much money on, uh, on diversity. We should be redirecting some of that money into education and ensuring that the next generation of people being brought up through our education system have the tools to be able to run society better than we ran society. And right now, that doesn't seem to be happening. Society is not being run properly. Uh, Family values, morality has been thrown in the toilet. That has to be brought back. The only way to have a stable society is to have stable people. The only way to have stable people is to have some, some system of moral values. And that's what religion does. That's what, uh, that's what society does. Teachers should be paid more money. And I say that as a teacher. I'm telling you, teachers should be paid more money. The amount of work that teachers put into, it should be a, should be a, revered, a revered position. When you think that a, a, the average plumber a year, and I'm not, I'm not disparaging plumbers, they work very hard, but the average plumber a year makes, makes thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars more than the average teacher a year. One has to wonder why people choose the teaching profession. Why, you know, tradesmen make a lot more than professionals, um, especially teachers. Most other professionals make a lot more than teachers. And teachers are responsible for training the next generation of citizens, responsible for, 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 for shaping the minds of the, our future leaders. And they're treated like garbage, and they're paid like garbage. And, and, and this is part of the problem. And this is part of the problem why a full generation of, uh, of people were raised ignorant. It's, it's sad. It's sad. And it should be changed. So if we really want to make changes, marching down the street, taking over, uh, taking over blocks of city, uh, burning down buildings, looting footlocker, is not going to change the system. You want to change the systemic problems in our system? It's not racism. It's a lot of other things. Racism may be a small part of it, but there's a lot of problems in the system that have to be changed. And focusing on one small element of it instead of the big picture is not going to change things. So we'll take the Dukes of Hazard off the air. We'll take uh, Gone with the Wind. We'll throw it in the garbage. It never existed. We'll erase history by removing all the statues in the world. But the system will still be broken. We must work hard to change the system. And the only way to do that, by the way, is not rioting in the street. It's not that, that calls attention to it, that brings it to the front of the agenda so people talk about it. But that's not the way to change it. You want to change the system, there's only one way to do it. The only way to change the system is to be part of it, to join the system, change it from the inside. Now, I know system, <laughs> when you get into the system, the corruption of the system is, is very enticing. And a lot of people who come in with the, with the motive to change the system 
suddenly find themselves uh, corrupted by the system. So you've got to have a strong backbone. You come in and you change things. You've got to run for public office. You've got to get involved in organizations that lobby the government. And you've got to really work hard. Nothing happens overnight. Pulling down a few statues isn't going to change hundreds of years of a broken system. It's not going to happen. The only way to change it, as in anything else, is to change it from the inside. But alas, nobody's, nobody's even talking about doing that. Nobody's even talking about, uh, about potentially changing it from the inside. And, and why, aren't they do, why aren't they doing that? And this, this brings me up to, my, uh, to, to the second question. Why are they not, why is nobody talking about this? And, uh, and, and, that, and that's, uh, that's a good question. And uh, the question, uh, that question remains to be answered. Why is nobody talking about this? Because the ulterior motive of the people who are currently, who are currently uh, causing the problems, currently rioting, is not to change the system. This is not what their, what their goal is. And I wish it was. But their goal is, is obviously not to change the system. And they have made it clear that their goal is not to change the system. They, they, they have no intentions of changing the system. They don't care about the system. And, and they've made it extremely clear that that's the case. The leaders of Black Lives Matter is a radical, crazy, uh, crazy group have already admitted that they are trained Marxists. The co-founder of Black Lives Matter on CNN's Chris Como show said just last week that our goals are quite simply to get Donald Trump out of office. Well, one second. Your goal is to get Donald Trump out of office, not to change the system to make it more fair for everyone, uh, blacks, whites, everybody, to make it a lot more fair, not to, not to change some of the injustices that, 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 that exist in the system, but your goal is to get Donald Trump out of office? That doesn't seem to me like a noble goal. You want to get Donald Trump out of office, it's quite simple. There's an election in November, just vote against him. Just you know, go and vote for the other party. It's democracy. That's, that's how it works. If your goal is to get Donald Trump out of office, then you're a political party. You're not, uh, you're not a social change party. And if you're a political party, why not just be honest about it? Well, now they're starting to be honest about it. Nobody's listening to them. So the whole Black Lives Matter movement is built on a lie. It, and, and, and this is what bothers me about the movement. First of all, that the, uh, the Black Lives Matters organization, which, which is running the movement, is anti-Israel. Which, which surprises me, uh, because when you want to talk about the underdogs, and you want to talk about the people who are being oppressed, uh, the Israelis are the people being oppressed in, in the Middle East. So this is, this is what bothers me, is that, uh, that people don't want to recognize the indigenous rights of the Jewish people to be there, and how oppressive the Arab regimes have been to them, and the world has been to them, especially the United Nations. But, but putting aside their anti-Israel bias, if they are committed Marxists, as they admit that they are, and trained Marxists, and their goal is to remove Donald Trump from, from office, then shouldn't we be horrified and mortified and, 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 and extremely, extremely angry that 
they are piggybacking on the pain of a community, that they are piggybacking on, on the pain of, of families that have experienced a traumatic loss, and they're using that traumatic loss to push a political agenda? Shouldn't we be upset about that? The exploitation of the black community by a group that doesn't care about the community but just wants to rid the White House of a president they don't like? Should this not be something that we are extremely upset about? I, uh, I, I'm, just, I'm just at a loss of words to, 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 to express how, how angry it makes me when I think about the fact that they're using a community and using the pain of a community to push a political agenda. And not because I'm a Donald Trump supporter, not at all, but because I think it's wrong. And you always have to call it wrong. And this is wrong. Think about it for a minute. If one of your loved ones died, and then a group decided to come and use the memory of your loved ones to push a political agenda to get rid of a politician because they didn't like the politician, would that not make you angrier? Would that not, would that not just piss you off? Because I know it would piss me off. And I don't understand how this is allowed, how, how people just sit back and allow groups like Black Lives Matter to go about and exploit exploit the blacks and the whites the way they are. And the people who are protesting for Black Lives Matter, the people who are raising money for them, the poor white guilty, people who feel guilty as white liberals, uh, these people who are raising money and, and supporting those people, not these people, those people, those people who are raising money and supporting Black Lives Matters because they have white liberal guilt and, and they feel that this is doing something for them. Why do they not believe the leaders of Black Lives Matters when they say that this is not about, about the saving of black lives? It's not about systemic racism. This is about getting Donald Trump out of office. I mean, look up the clip. It's on YouTube. Uh, the leader of Black Lives Matter spoke to Chris Como just a few days ago, and that's what she said. So I don't understand how people could be jumping on this bandwagon without understanding the true motivations of the organization involved. And uh, I don't blame them. I mean, look, if you're a white liberal and you feel guilty because of your skin color, which is ridiculous, but if that's the case, well, then... Fine, go about doing what you have to do to make yourself feel good. But if you really want to change the situation for anyone, blacks, whites, or anybody else, you have to get involved in politics. You have to be a politician. Get involved. Get into parliament. Get into Congress. Get into Senate. Go out and do something. I mean, it's great to post a black spot on your, uh, on your Instagram account. It's great to post a black box on your Facebook account. But without actual, actually doing something, it's just a wasted effort. Now, I want to talk a little bit about the brands that have been decided that they're going to change because of, uh, of these riots that have been happening. 
So Aunt Jemima, Uncle Ben's, Aunt Jemima pancake syrup, Uncle Ben's converted rice, Mrs. Butterworth's pancake syrup, uh, what was it, Quaker Oats, the, uh, the chef on Quaker Oats, uh, Moon Pies. I know. I know. A lot of people are very sensitive to, these Im- to this imagery and seem, 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 see this imagery as racist. And I understand that. I understand there's a long history of racism in the United States and a lot of things that have been around for hundreds of years uh, had their origins in racism. But does that mean that they're still stuck in racism today? Does anybody look at a container of Aunt Jemima's pancake syrup and disparage black people? Does anybody buy Uncle Ben's converted rice and look at the picture on there and say, oh my gosh, I hate that guy? Does anybody buy Miss Butterworth's pancake syrup and look at it and say, huh? Oh, I want to go and beat a black person? Uh, I, I don't think so. And if they do, there's some kind of serious mental issue. It's, it's not a racist issue. It's a mental issue. I understand that imagery means something to some people. But maybe after 270 years, maybe after uh, 300 years, we should, we should let up a little bit. Now, I know people are going to say, how are you a hypocrite? You don't buy German cars because the Nazis, um, the Nazis killed the Jews. And you, you, people are going to say that to me. And I'm going to say, you're right, I do not buy German cars, but it's not because the Nazis killed the Jews. That is not the reason I do not buy German cars. And I, I will explain why I do not buy German cars. I'll explain why I do not buy cars named after Nazis. one 669 1292 is the number to call. one 669 1292 if you want to get in on the conversation here on the Howie Silberger Show on the True Talk Radio Network. We are, um, we are being broadcast live right now on the True Talk Radio Network app, which can be downloaded from your favorite app store. We are also uh, live on Facebook, on Twitter, on Periscope, and on YouTube. Feel free to call in in North America, right across North America, to call us free. 1-877-669-1292. So let me tell you why I don't buy German cars, and uh, it's quite simple. I, I know that the car companies are now under the ownership of other people, that none of the car companies that took part in the Holocaust, and there were a bunch of them that did, from Volvo to Mercedes to you know, a whole bunch of car companies that took part in the Holocaust. Uh, I know that the majority of them, with the exception of Ford, which supported Nazis in North America, but then recanted his support of Nazis at the end of his life. Uh, I understand that, uh, that these car companies are owned by other people, and they're not really the same companies they were, say, 80 years ago. I get it. But I won't buy a car, I won't drive in a car that memorializes the name and perpetuates the memory of the name of somebody who was involved in the Holocaust. So Mercedes and Porsche, uh, Hugo, I won't buy Hugo Boss clothing, uh, you know, certain, certain elements of clothing and, 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 and products I won't buy. I won't buy beer aspirin uh, because these companies... 
uh, perpetrated the Holocaust. They were part of the perpetration of the Holocaust. Uh, and I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to, to enhance and to glorify the name and to continue to help spread and, and the glorification of the name of former Nazis. So this is why I don't buy uh, Porsches and I don't buy Mercedes and I don't buy uh, and I don't buy uh, Volkswagens and I don't buy BMWs uh, simply because uh, I, I don't want to perpetrate the names of companies and people who perpetrated the Holocaust. Simple as that. So I choose not to buy that. I choose not to buy those kind of cars. Now, does that mean that the cars are bad cars? No. Does that mean that anybody who looks at the car says, oh, my God, Nazis? No, absolutely not. Could I, could I take that theory of me not buying German cars and apply it to, let's say, Aunt Jemima pancake mix and put myself in the shoes of, a, of, of black people who are 200 or almost 300 years away from slavery? Uh, could I put myself in their shoes and look at Aunt Jemima and think slavery? Not really. The Aunt Jemima brand, uh, which was created in the late 1800s, created the first black millionaire in the United States. Uh, it, it, it celebrated, bla- it celebrated uh, black culture, let's say, at the time. And I would not place my moral values of 2020 on... Value on people of 1950. I can't judge people in 1950 based on my moral values of 1920 of, of 2020. So, simple uh, simple answer: No. Was the pancake mix involved in uh, in in somehow involved in the in the persecution of black people in the United States and the propagation of racism? No. Was was the black uh, what was 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 it a perpetrator of slavery? Did they import people from from uh, from from Africa and bring them to North America to become slaves? No. So changing the name in 2020 is a symbolic uh, virtue signaling gesture, and I'm not much into these gestures. As I said before, the 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 way to solve problems in today's society, the way to solve this problem. And it's deeply embedded in, uh, in, in society. If you, if you believe that it's deeply embedded in society, that there is a, some kind of systemic racism, there's some kind of systemic problem. And we know there are systemic problems. I, I, would say, I wouldn't say racism is, is one of the big ones, but there are other systemic problems that must be dealt with. In order to deal with those problems, the only way to do it is to get into the system, to get yourself elected, and to work the system from the inside to change it. Now, when we look at the Democratic uh, senators and Congress people who are driving themselves crazy trying to virtue signal, uh, you realize that they've been in office for half a century. Like many of them have been in office for, for half a century, three quarters of a century, and have done nothing to change the system. You have to ask yourself well, why do they keep getting reelected? Is it because people just don't care? And that's probably what it is. Uh, apathy is rampant across society. Sure, today we see uh, today we see a hundred thousand people in the streets. Uh, you know, last couple of weeks we see a hundred thousand people in the streets, and in the next three weeks we'll see nobody because it's tapering off. Even the protests yesterday and two days ago didn't draw the numbers it drew 
three weeks ago. So we're, we're, this, is, this is human nature. People get in on it, and then they, they get tired of it, and they move on. And that's fine, too, because that's human nature. But if you want to implement real change, get involved, do something. Don't just complain about it. Change it. Work hard. Change it. one 669 1292 is the number to call. one 669 1292 This is the Howie Silberger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. I do appreciate you, uh, you tuning in uh, here on a Tuesday night. At midnight, we will be on again uh, for an hour with Political Hitman. I invite you to join me for Political Hitman at midnight tonight right here on the True Talk Radio Network. Uh, it, is, uh, it is exciting to do Political Hitman. I, I enjoy doing that show, too. And, uh, and, and, of course, you can get involved in that show, too. The numbers are a little different than the numbers for this show, but uh, they'll be scrolling across your screen, and I'll be repeating them on the air because uh, that's what we do. So where do we go from here? How do we solve this problem? How do we, uh, how do we move forward? Uh, do, we, do we just uh, allow people to continue destroying other people's lives, to continue destroying businesses, to, to continue to drive society crazy? No, we don't. The police forces should be reinstated to their maximum capacity. The rioters, I'm not saying the protesters, because everyone has the right to protest. The rioters, the people causing problems, the people, uh, ca- people using violence, breaking into stores, stealing and robbing banks, these people should be brought to justice. They should be arrested and should be brought to justice. There is no excuse for theft during a protest. Civil disobedience, I'm all for civil disobedience. If you feel there's something wrong, get out there and, and, and fight for the change. I, I'm good with that. That's, I have no issue with that at all. But when you go out and fight for the change, that doesn't mean that you go out and you destroy somebody else's property. That is 100% wrong, and I will never, ever, ever support that. Never. You want to change something, do it. But come on. And those people who are out there for real change, those people who really care about the issue and are out there for real change, and I'm sure, uh, I'm 100% sure there are sincere people out there who really want change, and who really want to see, uh, see the, the system change and, and, and the system to be more fair to everybody. To those people who really care, speak up and condemn the violent people. Now, you have to understand that Black Lives Matter is running a, a double-barreled attack here. And their attack is, A, to get rid of Trump, as they've stated, they want to get Trump out of office, and B... Their second thing is that they want to set up an anarchist society. They want to set up a society of anarchy and then eventually bring in a Marxist society, a socialist Marxist society uh, run, by, run by these trained Marxists of the Black Lives Matter movement. So this is their ultimate goal. This is why they have the autonomous zones. This is why they're trying to pull down the police department. It's called subversion. This is what they're trying to do. They're trying to destroy the fine line between, between society and chaos. And once that line is su- destroyed, they could come in and replace it. We have to remember that the police stand between society and chaos. 
So if you don't want chaos, and I don't think any of you do, I don't want chaos, and I know that you don't. If you don't want chaos, then you cannot support an organization that wants to destroy the police department. And those of you who have told me, and many of you have, that defund the police doesn't mean abolish the police, well, listen to what the rioters are saying. I, I tend to believe people when they tell me stuff. I might be naive, but I tend to believe when people tell me we want to abolish the police. When they, tell the, uh, when they tell the mayor of Minneapolis, are you ready to abolish the police? And he says, no, I'm not ready to abolish the police. And they say, we want to abolish the police. We want no more police. And this is what they say. And this is what they said in Minneapolis. In Minneapolis is what they told the mayor during a protest there. They said, we don't want no more police. I believe them. I have no reason to doubt them. They are saying this because they believe it and this is what they mean. So why would you doubt them? Why would you think for a second that they were lying to us? I, and this doesn't make sense to me and it never made sense to me because uh, I, I've talked about this before in the Arab-Israel conflict. I've talked about this uh, in a lot of different things, in a lot of different, um, in a lot of different uh, elements of, uh, of, of life <laughs> that we've discussed on the show. I've spoken about this, and I, and I didn't understand it then, and I still don't understand it. I, I want to know why we do not believe people when they tell us the truth. The Arabs have been clear in Israel saying that we do not want peace with Israel. We are not going to, we are not going to make peace with Israel. We're not going to negotiate with Israel. We're not going to, we don't want peace. We don't care. We don't want it. And every North American leader and every leftist in North America says, oh, well, you know, that's not really what they meant. Well, of course it's what they meant. It's what they said. They say what they mean. We have to believe them. Why don't we believe them? And when Black Lives Matter says, we don't want to, abol we don't want to defund the police, we want to abolish the police, why wouldn't I believe them? When they tell the mayor of Minneapolis, are you ready to abolish the police force? Now, that doesn't mean defund. That means, that means abolish. We don't want no more police. Believe them. They want to put the society into chaos so their Marxist leaders, their trained Marxist fighters could go in there and could take care of the problem. This is what they want to do. So don't think this is about race. It's not about race. It never was. This is about subversion. It's about taking over society. It's about destroying what we know as a free market society and replacing it with an element of socialism, of radical socialism. Now, if that's how you want to live, you can move to Venezuela. It works out well for them. I'm Howie Silberger. This is the Howie Silberger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. I want to thank you for tuning in. Uh, I'll be back again in, uh, in a few hours for Political Hitman. We'll be back at midnight for Political Hitman here on the True Talk Radio Network, so feel free to tune in for that. Until then, I wish you a great rest of the night. We'll see you later. <laughs>